It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it looks better than you'd think. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday. Jam-packed show for you guys. Appreciate you joining me. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up to all the content there. We're on Roku TV now. You got that Amazon virus stick or wherever you get your Roku TV, download that Roku TV app. Check out Locked On Sports Atlanta every single day. All the shows here on the network. Uh, We have a bunch to get to relating to the Falcons, including the fact that we are in late November here, uh, 11 days away from the trade deadline. I'm going to put my crazy GM hat on today and propose some ideas for the Falcons before the end of the show. And yes, I got my locked on swag that I'm wearing today if you're watching us on our YouTube channel. So uh, I think we can get locked on swag for you guys. Well, if not, I'll figure out a way to send you some. So anyway, um, also, I want Braves fans to pay attention. Uh, and we have a a big picture problem that, you know, may end up working out well for the Falcons. So we got a lot to do here. Appreciate you guys joining us again. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Okay. Uh, Hawks last night opening up against the Houston Rockets. Um, and they get a 117-107 win. Uh, it was a game where the Hawks led by as many as 14, uh, dwindled down to as little as two. Hawks hang on for the 10-point victory and start out the season uh, one and zero, and the right way. And you know, you you look at the way the game unfolded. You look at the stats more than anything. Hawks shot fifty percent from the floor. Uh, you thought that you would think their three point shooting might have been a little bit better. Just twenty eight percent. They were seven of twenty five. Great from the free throw line. Twenty of twenty four. Little disconcerting that they got out rebounded um, by a considerable margin, fifty four to thirty eight. Um, and, and particularly on the offensive glass, Houston had fifteen offensive rebounds in the game. So. That's not exactly what you want, but still, the Hawks had 56 points in the paint, uh, just four less than Houston, had 28 points off the fast break. They held on to the the ball um, and and did not turn it over. Only had nine turnovers compared to 16 for Houston, and they played a very sound game, including 12 steals. Defensively, they looked a little bit sharper. They looked a little bit crisper. I think that's fair to say. What was impressive the most, at least for the first time out, is that you had four of the five starters not only in double figures, you had four of the five starters scoring at least 20 points, including newcomer Deontay Murray. Uh, DeAndre Hunter looked good in his first game with a new contract. He was 10 of 15 from the field and uh, played very well on both ends of the floor. Uh, it's kind of what you wanted from DeAndre, with the kind of night you expect him to get. Like DeAndre has to elevate this year to be a guy who could score in the high teens, 16, 18 points a game. You know, if he gives you a, a handful of, of rebounds, four to five, and, you know, two or three assists, you're great. You had John Collins, who had 24 and eight. He looked good. Um, and obviously, Trey Young, you know, not his best shooting night, to say the least. <laughs> Seven of 22, only one of nine from three. But that's going to happen on certain nights, and you're going to have guys who pick up the slack, and I think that's what you did have. And, both, by the way, Trey Young and Deontay Murray both played 38 minutes last night. 
And the only guy who did anything off the bench was uh, Oneko Okongwu, who chipped in with 13 points and nine rebounds. That's the kind of effort you're going to see from him on a, on a decent basis. Clint Capella was less than stellar, only two points, but did have eight rebounds. Um, and he was the only guy, only starter, uh, with a plus minus in the negative. He was minus one. So um, not exactly his finest effort, but that's okay. So you have this team, and it's only a one-game sample size, but this is kind of what you thought things were going to look like. This is what you thought things were going to feel like going forward um, for the team. How much can they sustain it? How much can they keep it going? How much of this uh, will be what we see over the next 81 games of what this team plays like? Now, again, even if you do see this, I'm not saying all of a sudden that this catapults the Hawks into a top four seed in the East, but this is what you put together for the reason that you put this together so you could have this kind of rotation. You know, what I'd really like to see, too, um, more than anything, is how much more of the chemistry we develop with Trey Young and Deontay Murray on the floor together and what it looks like when Trey Young goes off. We know last year when Trey Young was off the floor, statistically, the Hawks were awful. Offensively, they were bad. Um, they needed him that much in the rotation to be able to be really effective. And with all that said, how much does Deontay Murray give them a lift when Trey is off the floor? and what the things look like. Again, we have one-game sample size. You know, it's not anything we can draw any definitive conclusions from, but the initial outset of things looked really good, and you feel good about at least the start and where they go. You know, the Hawks have a very, very tenable schedule here at the outset. If you remember last year, you know, they they did not get off to a good start, um, and and they found themselves hovering around that 500 mark, struggling to to stay above it, uh, for that matter, you know, again, they start out three and three, then they lose six straight, then they win seven straight, you know, and they're right at that 11 and 10, 12 and 10 mark. And then it just goes bad over the course of the month of December. And they, they just seem to be chasing the rest of the way. Um, and, you know, they had some tough opponents at the beginning of last year. Not so much the case this year. You know, I, I think this year they have a much more favorable start. Um, you look at some of the teams they're playing, Orlando, Charlotte, two against Detroit. Yes, they get Milwaukee. Uh, they'll see Zion, you know, uh, the first week in November. But once you get through the first dozen games, then you'll start to see some beasts in the East, if you will. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston all coming up. Cleveland will be tough as you get to the thick part of November. But they really could start out in a situation where maybe eight and two after their first 10 games. That wouldn't surprise me, you know. Um, and they get a lot of the Milwaukee games out of the way early. They play Milwaukee three times before November 14th. So let's get the best of what you can against uh, against Milwaukee. Maybe you don't get their best and you steal a win here and there. But it was a good night for the Hawks, a good start for the Hawks, and one I think that a lot of fans are going to be excited about. I uh, want to switch to this real quick because I think it's worthwhile noting, uh, and I've said this a couple of times, but it bore itself out last night in the ALCS. And, and I hope... I know Braves fans probably aren't watching the ALCS. I know they don't care. and I'm not expecting you to. But uh, if you go and watch last night uh, the ALCS, it is a perfect reason why uh, the Braves may struggle to win in the postseason because they are built very similarly to the Yankees. At least their offensive philosophy is. And the offensive philosophy is simply hit a home run. That's how we score. 
That's how we win. When we hit home runs, we win. When we don't, we lose. Um, and it was furthermore last night, the Yankees, both of the Yankees' runs were off a home run. Solo shot by Harrison Bader, solo shot by Anthony Rizzo. And uh, Justin Verlander was was good enough, six innings to go ahead and uh, and get the win. He struck out 11, and uh, Houston ended up winning the game 4-2. to two. And all things considered, you know, uh, Jameson Tyone, the starter for the Yankees, wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. But I say all this to say again that I think 19 of the Yankees' 21 runs this postseason have come via the home run. That's not sustainable to win a World Series. And you wonder why the Yankees haven't won one since 2009 because that's the offense philosophy. Be careful about where this team is and how they're constructed and the the bats that they have in the lineup and how much they can bop the ball for 162 games. You run into a buzzsaw of pitching in the postseason, this is what happens. You end up not hitting as many home runs as you thought you would. I mean, the, the game five clincher, look at the Yankees against Cleveland. All home run balls. That's it. They get a three-run blast from Stanton and another solo shot, and, and and that's how they win. That's it. So take notes, Braves fans. I'm telling you. It's something that you need to be very, very cognizant of uh, going forward. All right. Uh, coming up, the Falcons have um, some interesting questions to answer and ask about uh, this team in the short and long-term future. But first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. We've got Thursday Night Football Night tonight, folks. Arizona Cardinals minus two uh, in a low total in the mid-40s here. So uh, try to take advantage. Go to Bet Online. You'll find re- reviews and news of every single league out there, like this Thursday Night Football matchup, like the big college football matchups coming up this weekend, Ole Miss, LSU, Bama, Mississippi State. Uh, you certainly got Syracuse, Clemson, all the games that are going to be out there because they cover college football, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. The podcasts are great, easiest way to consume all that sports betting information. If you're in your car on your way to work, just go to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online where the game starts. Okay. Uh, We've talked about this a bunch this week with the Falcons because um, it's starting to manifest itself that there are things that are attainable all of a sudden that didn't look attainable. You know, the class of the NFC, the, the, the teams that we thought were the class of the NFC are really, really struggling. Um, Now, again, you're only six games in, You've got 11 more of these things to go, and a lot could change. But through six weeks, you have a pretty good sample size that if some of these teams that were the class of the NFC don't get things fixed quickly, there are other teams that are going to rise behind them. Um, and the Falcons certainly are one of them. But the four teams that I think all most people thought were the class of the NFC coming into the year, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the 49ers. I had the 49ers in the Super Bowl this year. Um, even with Trey Lance, I thought that they had a great shot to get there because of their coach and their defense and their play calling and things of that nature. But these four teams are struggling mightily right now, mightily. And they've opened the door for other teams to get in, particularly again, Atlanta. And just look at those records of the four teams that we're talking about. Packers are three and three. Buccaneers are three and three. Niners are three and three. Rams are three and three. (laughs) A lot of three and threes out there. 
They've played me- mediocre football, which is why they are where they are. And oh, by the way, of those teams, um, the Niners are the only team. Uh, I'm sorry, the Niners and the Buccaneers are the only teams with a positive point differential, which is always a good indicator of how well you're playing. Now, um, should the Falcons be able to take advantage? Because they're also three and three. You know, when you have uh, six three and three teams vying for what are seven total playoff spots and they're across three different divisions, yes, some of those teams have a better chance to get in than others just because they're in, in a division that might be more amenable to doing it. But, you know, um, you look at the Falcons, their their three and three record is masked behind the fact that they're 0-2 in the division already. I mean, the Carolina Panthers have a division win and the Falcons don't. You want to talk about tiebreakers. They failed to beat the Buccaneers and the Saints. You know, beating the Bengals this week is nice, but, you know, it, it's one of those deals where, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if the Saints win on Thursday Night Football tonight and the Falcons lose to the Bengals, both teams are three and four, yet the Saints would be above the Falcons because they have a head-to-head win over them. That's kind of, you know, the nature of the situation. But if the Falcons turn around and get into a playoff discussion, and we've touched on this earlier in the week, what do you do with Marcus Mariota going forward? How much can you look at him and wonder if he is a long-term solution for this team? Is that fair to wonder if he's a long-term solution for this team? Because if he's good enough to get you to the playoffs, you have to wonder if if he's good enough to stay here long-term. And again, you have Desmond Ritter. We all thought that there was going to be a host of quarterbacks coming out in this next year's draft and that they, they would have an opportunity to go out and get one. All that changes um, the way Marcus Mariota continues to play, continues to be a net positive for this team, and continues to keep this team in games that a lot of people don't think they should have been. Right? Uh, and, and you'll see that this week. The Bengals' defense is not great by any stretch of the imagination. They're not terrible, but they're certainly not great. Uh, And this is a team that this year has done a good job at taking care of lesser offenses, but yet struggling with better offenses at times. You know, they gave up 26 to the Saints last week. Um, They gave up, dear Lord, they gave up 20 to the Cowboys with, with, Cooper Rush at the helm. You know, I mean, this is a team right now in the Bengals that uh, is still trying to find their way. And and I thought, I think the Bengals were, were primed for regression this year. I didn't think that they were a team that was going to, to, to get back to the AFC title game or anything like that. Um, but you're going to find out what they're made of over the course of the next couple of weeks because uh, they have a, a stretch of winnable games for them. I mean, their fans would sit there and tell you Falcons, Browns, Panthers, Steelers, those are all winnable games. And this is a team that's three and three. They could be seven and three when it's done. If they're not, they could be six and four or 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 whatever it is, five and five even. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. So this is one of these games where on Sunday, the team that 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 you know, it's easy to say the team that makes less mistakes will come out with a win, but you know, both of these teams have something right in front of them right now uh, of winnable games ahead of them that really feel like they could set themselves up for success. What have I always said, guys, that 
the NFL, September is fool's gold. Don't pay attention to a record of what you see in September. October is positioning month. These, this is the month where teams that will start to assert themselves for playoff positioning, but ultimately when you get to November and December, that's big boy football. The best teams show up and win the most games down the stretch, uh, and that decides who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't. But from a positioning standpoint, but the Bengals and the Falcons both have an opportunity to position themselves to be the ones who, as they say, control their own destiny. Because the Falcons have a very winnable next five games after the Bengals. With the exception of the Chargers, who, oh, by the way, have to fly across the country, play a one o'clock game, which is always difficult. You get the Panthers twice, Bears, Commanders, and Steelers. I mean, you're sitting here over, even if you lose to the Bengals and you start three and four, which is amazing, all things considered. Over the course of the next five games, you could be eight and four heading into the final five games of the season. So, a lot there. A lot there. But I'm still wondering what you're going to do with Marcus Mariota going forward, especially if he gets you to an eight and four mark. He clinches you a postseason berth. We're having a completely different conversation about what the future of this team looks like and where they're going to go. All right. Uh, we got to hand out a shovel of wisdom as well. I'm going to put my crazy GM hat on right on top of my uh, locked on swag hat that we're wearing here. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, but first a word from our friends at built bar guys, have you tried built built bar puffs yet? Uh, I've told you they're delicious. I told you they're the perfect snack for late at night uh, or in between meals. Why? Because they're healthy. They're only 160 calories. They're packed with a whopping 15 grams of protein, but they're delicious. And their newest flavor, cookie dough chunk, is amazing. Light, chewy, real chunks of cookie dough in it, covered in 100% chocolate. This is like the perfect sweet tooth snack that's healthy for you and good for you. That's why you guys got to check out Bill Bar Puffs. I mean, these are the perfect way to satisfy that sweet tooth craving with none of the guilt that you get from some of the other snacks out there. Built Bar does an amazing job at making something that tastes good and is healthy for you and covered in cookie dough chunks. I mean, who doesn't love cookie dough? Here's what you do. Go to Built.com, get a box for yourself, stash it away, hide it from the family, take it to work with you, put it in the office right there, or be the nice person who's willing to share. But go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your first order of Built Bars. Before we get to my crazy GM scenarios, now it's time for Shovel of Wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Ah, you know how we do it. Every day we got to set somebody straight from saying or doing something stupid. Uh, yes, that's our job. Taking care of the rest of society. You can, do, you can hand out a shovel as well. Just do so on my Twitter account at Marcel. Use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Jermaine Burton. Yeah, uh, Jermaine Burton is a wide receiver for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Have you guys seen this? I'm not like a day late on this and seeing this, but um, it was just I was doing some of my, my handicaps for college football looking over the Alabama Mississippi State game and then oh oh I didn't realize that me and Burton might not be playing this weekend because uh in the melee that ensued after Tennessee 
beat Alabama 53-49 at Neyland Stadium when all the fans were on the field. Jermaine Burton appears to be on video striking a female fan who was running on the field. Yeah, Nick Saban said, uh, we are aware of the situation with Jermaine Burton who is exiting the field. We are currently working to gather more information. Emily Isaacs is the youngest female name. She posted a video on her TikTok account that's now been taken down. Um, but it says, Jermaine Burton smacking me in the head while walking past him after their loss Saturday. Thumbs up emoji with a hashtag, ouch. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> the SEC took the ever clever stance of, uh, uh, we told you so. This is why we have these don't rush the field vines and policies. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. We understand it's a recipe for disaster. We also understand don't be a D-nozzle, okay, and hit a fan walking off the field. It's one thing if a fan bumps into you and running on the field and you want to push them back. We, we all kind of feel like, hey, fans shouldn't be there. Don't touch the players. We're all good with personal space. But you reaching out, and the video looks pretty clear, at least the still shots you've seen of, it, of Burton's arm extended and whacking her upside the head. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, how they're going to punish him, whether they're going to suspend him, uh, you know, sweep it under the rug or whatever, but it's it's a bad look all around. Bad, bad look all around because uh, this is not what you want to happen. Uh, and Alabama can't afford not to have anybody on the field right now. They're, they're, they have some problems. They need all the help that they can get. <laughs> I mean, they genuinely do at this point in time. So uh, not a good look for uh the the alabama crimson tide or jermaine burton to say the least okay um this is going to be fun and interesting you guys know me if you've ever listened to a to z and any of the variety of outlets where uh you found a to z throughout my tenure here in atlanta i say that both jokingly and like wow uh hang on to a job guy anyway um i love playing crazy gm i love putting scenarios out there um for fans to chew on for for fans of the team to either tell me I'm nuts or tell me, hey, that might have some some legs to it. Well, again, with the trade deadline looming, um, the Atlanta Falcons will have two more games before uh, the November 1st trade deadline. Let's just say, for argument's sake, for fun, that the Falcons win those two and they are five and three. Okay? To this point... You can look at this team objectively and figure out where the holes are. Look, the biggest hole you could argue is that offense at quarterback just because of the way their passing game is and the way their run game is and how effective their run game is, how limited their pass game is. But you're not going to trade for a quarterback midseason. That just never happens, right? It's just not something anybody's going to do. So we know that's off the table. And I'm not at this point, I'm not even saying you should move off Mariota. He's been effective enough. Hasn't been great, hasn't been sexy, but he's been effective enough, as we just talked about. Where else can you make some improvements? Well, the running game is good. Doesn't matter who's back there. We know that's good. Certainly don't need anybody at wide receiver or pass catcher. We've got all that. Um, Could you argue the offensive line? Uh, How can you run for 170 yards a game and complain about the offensive line? Okay, so that takes care of the offense. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. Well, you can always use more corner help and more safety help. Falcons are banged up a little bit there. Um, but those guys are, you know, hard to come by, um, and they're expensive and they're going to require a lot in trade bait and everything else. Um, at defensive line, again, uh, you could find some older guys to supplement there. I think that's absolutely a, a option. 
depending on who's available. But what is the most critical part of Dean Peace's defense? You've heard me tell you this before. Linebacker. All right, well, let's go back now to the original discussion we had prior to the season starting when this name was bandied about, possibly as a trade because he was going to hold out because he didn't get a new contract. Yes, if you can't remember and you're wondering who I'm talking about, say it with me, folks, if you do remember Roquan Smith. Now, Roquan Smith did not get a new contract from the Chicago Bears. He showed up. He is under contract at a $9.7 million cap hit this year. It's a little bit steep, but half of that has been paid because it's a game-by-game thing. You don't have to pay for the entire season salary, and the other team did it. You trade for what's left of the salary. Does that mean it's easy for the Falcons to get him under the cap? Probably not. It's going to require some maneuvering. But that said, if you picked up the phone right now, or in two weeks, and all for the Bears who are out of it, right? And oh, by the way, you're going to play them in November. That's going to be fun. Um, But if you offered the Bears, let's just say for argument's sake, second rounder and a fifth rounder for Roquan Smith. Why are you not getting a first round? Because he's not under contract, and they'd still have to negotiate with him and keep him. So essentially, he could be a hired gun. Even at that, I would even just do the second round and see what they say. Because the chances of you accept, I mean, theoretically, you you could just franchise him and hold on to him for one more year. So you do have some semblance of not just a hired gun and a rental moving on. But imagine Roquan Smith in the middle of this defense. The one area you could fix. The Falcons defense has been very bend, don't break. But imagine when you add a guy like that who not only only can rush the passer, um, but is an incredible tackler uh, and a smart guy, and he is a – multi-year building block if you can extend them long-term. If you're a playoff team, adding a Roquan Smith is a huge deal. Now, I'm curious to see how, how aggressive the Falcons would be at the deadline here, but just think objectively about Roquan Smith in the middle of that defense. Oh, by the way, doesn't the Renzo Carter and Roquan Smith play together, if I recall that correctly? Team up some old UGA teammates. All the Georgia fans would love it. They would love it. Just bring all the Bulldogs home, right? Just imagine what would happen if you could pull off a deal like that. (laughs) I think the defense gets instantly better. Um, And you say, what about Michael Walker and all the other guys? Yeah, what about them? Roquan Smith's a better player. Your job as a GM is to accumulate talent, as much talent as possible. Dean Peace can figure it out. Guess what? Dean Peace made it work for Ray Lewis and Bart Scott. Dean Peace made it work for Teddy Bruschi and, and whoever else was in the middle there. I think it was, uh, God, who played alongside Bruschi? I'm trying to remember. But you get the point. Dean Peace will make it work. Dean Peace will be like, okay, fine. We're, 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 you know, we're having a piece like Roquan Smith. Sure, Michael Walker can still do what he does. Roquan Smith can rush the pass. It's just infinite options. Infinite options. So, It is a very, very fun game to play for me. I know I'm crazy. That's why we call it Crazy GM. But imagine them pulling that deal off for Roquan Smith. You want to be a playoff team? That's a dude right there. That's a dude. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. All right, that'll do it for us here on A to Z today on this Thursday. Again, Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ETL. I'm at Mark Zeno. Don't forget, we are on Roku TV as well. 
I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Falcons your first listen every day. Aaron Freeman does such an amazing job with that. Make sure you guys check it out. But make sure you also check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday at Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading betting experts at Bet Online. You guys know we love them. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. It's available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget that this show, A to Z on Lockdown Sports Atlanta, is free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Give a thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown ATL, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. You guys have a wonderful Thursday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.